0: good evening and welcome to another episode of the san antonio soccer Roundtable. table uh, i got a smaller crew tonight but that's okay just me and rafa so we want you guys to uh jump in there on the Conversation on Facebook live so that we can uh hear from you and everything. Uh we're gonna be breaking down the UTSA Women's Soccer scrimmage versus University of Incarnate Word that we were at on Sunday and just kind of previewing a little bit of UTSA women's soccer. But uh first and foremost, Rafa, I know you are uh back in uh school and everything. So how are you doing this evening, my man?
1: Good. Uh, had a road trip up to Austin to visit a couple of schools and so back at it. For the grind of this next few weeks, so but I'm excited for this weekend uh, rivalry game, South Texas rivalry game between us and RGV. Copa Tejas, really, yeah, Copa Tejas. Hopefully we do win, win the Copa because like, this will be our last game for the Copa. So hopefully everything falls through for us, and then also we get the three points that way we can jump in, hopefully within that fifth place spot. You know after after Saturday night.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into the standings and everything here for San Antonio FC uh, in a little bit. Um, I know we were just talking before the show and everything with you jumping back on the road about the uh, the football life special uh, there on Amazon Prime that I kind of just started recently. So uh, I know you had mentioned that you might start watching that as well. Uh, Rafa with the haircut there I I didn't comment Uh, Thomas St. George already firing off there on the uh, Facebook live so Rafa looking good tonight but um, yeah if you haven't checked out a Football Life yet it's a show that I've kind of been watching uh, just in my free time and everything and uh, of course the first show that I watched the third episode was about Bayern Munich uh, so that was kind of where I started. Um, but it was more about just chances in soccer and everything. And it was really interesting when they broke down just kind of the science behind uh, how many goals are lucky in a game versus unlucky. And uh, so if, if you guys haven't checked out Football Life, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But the, uh, the fourth episode was actually uh, a feature on Iceland's uh, national team and their run here in the most recent World Cup. And there's a, a lot of interesting information about the uh, PK save uh, that they had for Messi and uh, that goalkeeper and just kind of how that was a dream come true for him and, and their coach and everything. So when you guys are done uh, watching uh, the San Antonio soccer Roundtable, don't go watch it now, but um, go check out uh, a football life there on Amazon prime. Cause we may be talking about some of that stuff here a little bit more on the San Antonio soccer Roundtable. Um, But uh, let's start off with the University of Incarnate Word versus uh, UTSA Women's Soccer Program. Um, For those not familiar with the UTSA Women's Soccer Program, they have a new head coach, Derek Pittman, in place. Uh, Last year was his first season there with the uh, UTSA Women's Program. And uh, I know Benji and Miguel over at SoySaf have done some interviews with them and everything. Uh, They're on their YouTube channel. Uh, so go check those out. But um, tell us a little bit, Rafa, uh, for, for those who aren't aware uh, about their season kind of last year and, and what Coach Pittman has been able to accomplish so far there for the, uh, the lady. The,
1: for the lady runners, like uh, with Coach Pittman, actually since he's taken over, he's done a really good job turning the program over. Uh, two years ago, I like, did the research looking at their stats in 2017, they had a three and fourteen record, two eight in conference, two and eight in conference, and a lot of the games that they played, they were losing two by three goals, four goals. But Coach Pippen did a hell of a hell of a job, you know, working what he had, uh, bringing in his system, and you know, they finished last year with a six nine and two record, two and two six and two in conference play. So a big improvement there. And a lot of the games that they did lose were one-goal games, so that's that's the big difference that he's made. You know, defensive-wise, he's you know made the Lady Runners a lot better. And then watching the game over the weekend against Incarnate Word, I can kind of I can tell that from watching one season to the other, uh, they're a lot faster team. And I think that's going to help them in Conference USA when they start playing like especially like North Texas, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion. Uh, that speed's going to help them, and I think they should contend this year for, a, con- you know, for, to get into the conference USA tournament and hopefully maybe they can sneak up somebody and somebody win a couple games.
0: Well, and as you mentioned, University of North Texas is going to be the uh, true test there um, <clears throat> for the runners in their conference uh, last year. You know, that was the one team that they kind of struggled against and uh, the one team that really has a lot of success and a lot of talent there in, in their division and everything. So uh, we'll wait and see, you know what they're able to do. Uh, Fifteen incoming transfers, though, you know. You mm-hmm. mentioned that a lot of their matches last season were were pretty close, and you know they were losses by one or, or maybe two against a team like Rice or a school like Rice. Um, you know, how looking at their team, uh, you know, you mentioned they had a lot of speed. I know we kind of talked about, you know, you really want that that physical forward and everything. Maybe that that one piece. Uh, with 15 new additions to their roster, what do you think maybe is that one element? I know it's just one game, three 30-minute uh, periods there. But what's one element you could see maybe that they might need to
1: add? I, I think they need a little more aggressiveness up front. I think they do need to find a number nine that's going to put some goals in there. You know, looking at, you know, at the scrimmage, they did play three periods. Um, the two goals they scored, one was off of, of a PK. The other one was off a of corner kick. Uh, but they do need to find a number nine that's going to put that ball in the net and also to cause a lot of problems up front on the attack to kind of take away a lot of the pressure especially like from their midfield and the midfield have played great. I did see a lot of great touches on the ball, a lot of communication. you can really tell that the girls are really starting to have that chemistry and the you know the flow of the game. so coach Pittman's like uh, i say kudos to him and his staff he's, he's done an excellent job especially with 13u. Freshman and two uh, sophomores coming in. You know, I can see you know, a good future for this team. I want to be surprised for next year if they contend for the conference USA, cha- you know, the conference turn- tournament championship or the league t- or the regular season title, and maybe hopefully they get inside the NCAA tournament as well.
0: Well, and we we're looking at their uh, upcoming schedule and everything here for the uh, UTSA Roadrunners uh, women's soccer program. Uh, they got. Another preseason exhibition game there against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi uh, before going to Beaumont, Texas, for the Cardinal Classic where they face Louisiana Lafayette and Oklahoma State University uh, before coming home kind of for their first regular season game Mm -hmm. uh, against Texas State, which is going to be on Friday, August 30th at 7 p.m. there at uh, San Antonio Texas Park West Athletic Complex. So hopefully uh, maybe not as hot come uh, August 30th is, is what it was out there um, at the match on Sunday. Again, it was a, a, a noon game instead of a 7 p.m. game. So might have a little bit different temperatures out there uh, come Friday for that regular season game versus
1: Texas State. Yeah, you know, it does. The heat did kind of take its toll a little bit on some of the players. But, you know, I think it's a kind of good way for conditioning for them because, you know, planning this type of heat, you know, whether it's going to be a their Cardinal Classic coming up in Beaumont, I'm sure they're going to experience that with the community and also you with know, the game versus Texas State. So, and I'm looking forward to for that game, the Texas State, the little mini Classico, little 35 Classico for, for the college, you know, the little 35 shootout. Mm-hmm. So that should be a, a good game. And so, like, you know, if you haven't checked out the UTSA Roadrunners uh, Ladies Soccer, uh, come check them out, go support them. Uh, You're going to see a really good game coming up on August 30th with Texas State.
0: Absolutely, and as you mentioned, uh, Coach Pittman doing a great job bringing those girls together. Um, You know, a few of them here local products uh, from Lee High School or you know Classic Elite from some of the local teams. Uh, But looking at their roster, you know, surprisingly, a lot of players not from San Antonio. A lot of players from outside the San Antonio area. So for it being, you know, real early, um, because they'll play two seasons, this obviously being the first one, uh, the girls are already gelling really well together. Um, University of Incarnate Word uh, also looked like they had some talented players out there. Uh, We'll do more of a profile and an in-depth look uh, at them as well, but we do just kind of want to take the time to highlight uh, each school individually and everything and, and take a look at their upcoming season as they start to play some more matches and, and we get a, a better look at some of their players and everything. Uh, but that's one team that will definitely be following there in Conference USA this year.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking forward for the season. And like I said, come check them out August 30th, 7 p.m. They're at Park West. You know, you don't want to miss. Go cheer the Lady Runner soccer team.
0: Absolutely, some talented players out there. So like I say, plenty of names that kind of jumped out from the uh, Blossoms and from the San Antonio Athenians and and some of the WPSL teams here locally as well. So getting to see them play there at the college level and compete for the city of San Antonio and UTSA uh, will be a lot of fun this year. So hopefully we can get uh, Coach Pittman on. He seems like a really good guy and everything and uh, talk to him about the upcoming season And uh, just, you know, what goals they've set for themselves this year and everything. But it should be a a good season for them to really grow off the success and build off that momentum, as you mentioned, uh, that they were able to do last year. Well, that kind of sums it up there for the uh, UTSA and uh, UIW women's game um, there on Sunday uh, at the UTSA West Athletic Complex. Um, But we had another San Antonio soccer game this weekend uh, that I think uh, a lot of fans were really excited about. Uh, I think it was kind of just what the doctor ordered and uh, not what anybody was expecting, you know, kind of that undersell over deliver, if you will, uh, from San Antonio FC Uh, early match against Reno. You know, we kind of talked about our expectations and everything for that game. Uh, What, what did you think? Let's start with the 18, you know, kind of the lineup and everything as it got announced, obviously, Billy not traveling with the club. Uh, we believe that may be more um, injury-related from a knock that he might have taken in the game uh, the previous week against Sacramento. Uh, so we'll wait and see if he's announced on the injury report we're in 18 this week. But outside of Billy, what did you think of the uh, initial roster?
1: Uh, I know Gomez was missing too as well. So I was a little concerned going in as, you know, as far as the strategy, was it going to be more to, let's say, let's hopefully get one point. You know, try to get the tie, and then you know, come back to San Antonio, and get ready for, you know, the South Texas Classico. But you know, what we didn't expect is for them to really uh, pull out. You know, like I guess a playoff, probably one of their best games of the year, and get the three points out of Reno. And I think Reno, I think came in with a big head, thinking, "I ah, will take care of San Antonio. If we're at home." And I think they kind of remembered the last game that we played them. We we're, were down 2-0. We came back and won that one 3-2. So I know they had a little revenge factor, but I think they didn't expect, you know, a big game for some of the, our key players to, to really step it up. And like I said, this is probably one of the best games that we played, especially out of town too, because being would an away game too since we've been struggling. And I think now we're starting to, starting to win on the road now. And that's that's and we're doing it at the right time.
0: Peaking just at the right time and Harry joining us at just the right time and that transition at just the right time. As uh, I get some things squared away here for the show. Um, We do have some highlights here from Pirano that we wanted to get into. Welcome, Harry, from your vacation back
2: from St. Louis, sir. Thank you, sir. Sorry I'm late. Wasn't sure I was going to be here. We How to get Rafa? You know, fifteen minutes of fame and then yeah, <laughs> and, that's and crushes
0: hope. He's back. I'm sorry, Rafa. You you can't talk <laughs> anymore. Harry is here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, if you weren't watching Harry, we just recapped the um, UTSA. UAW. UI. okay? So he was watching. Look at that. The guy watches the show even when he's not on it. So. Um, but yeah, so the 18, uh, Billy out, obviously Gomez kind of missing as well. I think a lot of people really want to see Gomez's speed out there uh, at the same time as Lopez uh, and Pirano. You know, it's, it's hard, I think, though, to just get everybody that you want to see out there in the starting 11 at the same time. Harry, since you're just joining us, man, and you haven't had a chance really to uh, jump in yet, uh, what did you think of the lineup there for San Antonio FC from Coach Powell?
2: I thought it was interesting, uh, Forbes, not in kind of caught my eye. Um, I know you guys mentioned before I hopped on that possibly injury related. Um, so I think, you know, after our last conversation, I wasn't disappointed, uh, with it. Um, Gomez was a little bit shocking uh, to be on the bench. Um, I know AJ was disappointed. Barbie wasn't in there. I think that was the biggest one to me that I would like to see. Um, you know, but, uh, I thought it was a strong lineup. You can't fault it. You know, it's, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Lopez is over Guzman at this time. I don't think we'll ever see both of them on the field at the same time, um, barring some, you know, something major happening. But I I thought, I thought he rolled out with an aggressive lineup, uh, you know, which, which it showed on the pitch.
0: Definitely. And, you know, we we, kind of saw Moses Hernandez uh, finally return Mm -hmm. to action and everything, which was good, but unfortunately kind of saw Jameson, you know, get carried off uh, on a stretcher. Uh, I feel like it's easy to blame injuries every year, you know, and I know they happen to every team, but I feel like with the su- success that we're having recently, if we could just kind of get everybody healthy and everybody available at the same time with Pekka finally coming back and now Hernandez coming back but potentially losing Jamison for a period of time, uh, do you think, Rafa, that you know losing a guy like Jamison right now just in terms of his passing ability and stuff like that hurts San Antonio FC or do you think it's more of a next-man-up mentality and not as, as much of a pain point? It
1: does yeah, it does hurt us a bit because he does have that chemistry with Frank, you know, from them playing with the Galaxy. But, like we've shown, it's given an opportunity for other players to step up, like Gallegos and, you know, Ethan and, you know, whoever else they plug in. So I think now it's starting, like I said, our bench players, which was one of our biggest concerns is, is how good is our bench going to be when we plug them in or when we have a major injury. You know how are they going to react to it, and they're starting to, come, you know, come through. And you know, Jameson came in out, you know, Stripo stepped up, did what he had to do. Barnby came up, did what he had to do. You know, it's like I said, now the bench is starting to to get where they need to be at. And like I said, I think you know, we should be, you know, getting ready for like I said for next week. We should we should be fine for next week. You know, it, it does hurt losing Jamison, but. And then we'll be fine with the other players that we have.
2: But that's the one position that you could lose because that is a strength of the team as well. That is the
0: one position. And that's very true. And that's very true uh, right now. You know, that is. And that's what I was going to kind of ask you, Harry. Um, you know, we we talked about, as Rafa mentioned, just the the bench depth or lack thereof kind of a, a couple months back. Um, not too many changes, really and truly, to the bench. Uh, obviously, the addition of Lopez was a major one that kind of gave us a little bit more depth there up top and, and created some more depth there, I think, in our midfielder. At least, like you said, he made <clears throat> other players better like Billy and and like um, Jamison what do you think has been the major change, Harry, in terms of our bench today and, and how strong we feel like they are and versus a couple months ago when we had some serious concerns over the depth of this roster with all the young talent?
2: Well, I think the issue is people are starting to get healthy because at the time we were super thin. This is It's the time of the year now where you want to roll out your best, what, 12, 13, maybe 14? Mm-hmm. And, and that's all you really want to play, you know, so – you know, like I said here, where you you know that's why I'm glad Mo's you know coming you know on the way back. I think he is something that will be beneficial um, down the stretch. Losing Jameson's gonna hurt, but you know as we discussed, you know that's probably the one position where if you had an injury, you're probably not gonna see that big of a drop off. Um, you know for that because you know they just you know you plug Billy in, um, or Gomez in, and or Barnby in. And you know, sort of there now, if you if you lose Guzman, if you lost, you know, Lopez, um, if you lost Pekka or LaHood, then I think it's a different discussion or one of the center backs. Yeah, then, that's about then, the you're, say. then you're having then you're having a lot different discussion um, about the depth. But as long as you can keep those core pieces healthy and in good form, you know, the, the two or three pieces that rotate, you know, due to subs and, and stuff like that really right now and on the stretch run, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're not, you know, I think that was our problem last year is this time of the year, you know, we were still trying to debate, Hey, who should be starting? Who shouldn't be? <laughs> we have, a, you know, outside of maybe one or two people that, you know, maybe, you know, you'd like to see started. You know who's going to be on the pitch for the, mo- for the most part.
0: Or your more aggressive lineup versus your more defensive lineup minus a right. couple pieces. Sure, depending on how Pal wants to tweak it a little bit. So hopefully we should start to see a, a core group of guys now heading into the playoffs because I agree with you at this time of the season, this is where you really want to see that. And, uh, you know, I know you guys had mentioned on a previous show uh, when y'all went out to New Mexico, the team just having the chance from this last road trip to really gel as a unit and everything uh, that they really hadn't had a chance to do so far this season. So the timing for that is perfect. And you can't really argue the results I feel like that we've seen lately after that road trip. Um, but I did kind of want to take a look at Perano's goals just to kind of walk through uh, some key things that Rafa and I noticed. We're working through some of the uh, teleprompter, Madden, ESPN uh, stuff here still, but we were able to at least cut through a video that I think will kind of highlight some of the talking points we wanted to get into next with the addition of Frank Lopez and what we've seen recently here from Christian Pirano. So here's the first goal uh, from Pirano. You can see him and Lopez both streaking down the field. And you see the space that Lopez creates there for Pirano with the two defensive backs marking him. Even there towards the end, you can see how he pulls them away and Pirano able just to to pull the trigger there from just outside the box. Right there again, you can kind of see that distance that Lopez creates there for Pirano. On this one, on that second goal, you've got the tackle there by Pekka. This situation here, you know, Rafa, we were talking about, you got six there in the box on two. Uh, you know, you really don't see any options here for Pirano or any type of goal capability, and that's where just his skill level comes through in that left foot, and he's able to put that far post on the keeper uh, when he really didn't have any options. So a couple goals there from Pirano. Uh, really, I think that first goal, though, shows the effect that Lopez is having on opposing defenses and how they have to scheme for him. Yeah,
1: they're, they're Frank's made a big difference being our number nine he's keeping the defense very honest as far as or he also make decisions as far as do we double, you know, on that play, he's being double teamed. And, you know, they don't want to lose sight on him because he gets that ball, he's putting that ball in the net. You know, that's the reason why, you know, he, he's money, he's the bank, you know, he's going to put the ball, you know, the balls in the goal. So, and that play with with you know, that was a good shot. And finally, I'm glad they start taking shots from something we discussed Mm-hmm. He's those shots from outside the 18, and that. And I think that really raised his confidence up for that second shot that he took. And that was a little cheeky shot using the outside of his left foot and like a four on, a two on stick situation. You know, I think Reno didn't expect that ball to go in. And you can just see the expression of their heads up or their hands up and their heads down. Never expected that to go in, but like I said, I, you can see, Pirano's game is starting to elevate because of Frank, because of the spacing, and also a lot of the stuff that Frank does as far as with running without the ball. That's been the big difference mm-hmm. on our offense, you know, since we've had him.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and definitely on display there. Um, you know, after that, San Antonio FC not just going to be done there um, with two goals. Uh, in the match, they continued to just kind of take it to Reno. There uh, in the start of the second half, we had the uh, red card there for Reno. Um, you know, Rafa, I know you kind of talked about that moment being one of those game-changing moments. So, what do you think there, kind of at the start of the second
1: half? Yeah, once they got that that second that second yellow, and uh, pretty much it was all downhill for for Reno. It just opened up the game for us, and the third goal with Frank. Uh, intercepting the ball another outside shot outside the 18 really beautiful placed, and that's why Frank's goals for goal, up for goal of the week mm-hmm. so that was a nice shot and you know we just did not let up on them you know Barbie's goal uh, excellent steal from from Restrepo that one that drive down the down the line and that cross and finding Barnby open inside the box you know that like I said, that basically was the nail on the coffin for Reno. After we we're up for nothing, and I know they got a goal later on, but the game was already over. You know, basically, uh, SASC's was on cruise control for the night.
0: Harry, I mean, did you have any thoughts kind of differently there for the uh, second half after the red and the the two quick goals there, or any any thoughts that kind of jumped out there to you for the second half?
2: No, um, I did listen to uh, the eighteen sixty eight weekly podcast, and you know, I guess. Reno got uh, dynamoed, we'll say, uh, where uh, San Jose brought down some players and forced them to kind of change their formation a little bit, from my understanding. And, you know, and when you were listening to the feed, they were talking about that as well here. So um, I guess the players that came down, the one that got the red card, was one that was from San Jose. Uh, so it was just kind of interesting hear, hearing that dynamic because, you know, we give shit to RGV. What's up, the NRGV hate week. <laughs> but it was kind of odd that because with Reno, you don't think of that. Expect it uh, as much. Yeah. Expect that. And, and to me, you know, kind of hearing it about it, I wonder if they kind of took San Antonio lightly because they've, you know, be honest, they've owned us in, in, in Reno. And, and like I said here, I think I think San Antonio is finally waking up and showing that they can be a dangerous team, um, on the road, um, and that you can't take them lightly. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that Reno did, but you know, it will, you know, and, and I know that Reno, the 1868 guys were a little perturbed. We'll just you know, put it nicely about, um, you know, having the change, especially this late in the season. So, um, you know, to get the sweep of Reno, uh, they've only got six losses on the season, two of them to us. Um, you know, like said here, you know, but, uh, if you'd have told me we would have lost to Sacramento and beat Reno, I'd have said you're lying, but
0: i <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to complain exactly. Uh, <laughs> we're all happy after that one, but um, as we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show, uh, we've got a key matchup here against RGV, and nothing's going to be easy at this point, um, especially if we want to go for that number four spot and try and get that home game here in the playoffs. We've got to take every game we can, uh, Rafa, what are your thoughts kind of heading into San Antonio FC's final Copa Tejas match versus uh, RGV?
1: Well, for this coming Saturday, uh, the mindset's got to be what we had in Reno. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have go out with a killer instinct, especially what happened the first game down in RGV. You know, basically we just didn't show up. You know, that should add a little fuel to the fire, you know, a little payback and, you know, finished strong for the Copa Texas so hopefully we can win it by winning this last game and then whatever happens with all, all the results but the way we've been playing um, even like I say even with the loss of Sacramento you know we, we had a couple mistakes but we still we didn't you know we kept on fighting and that's and that's the thing with this team it's now has a different attitude you know we're going to we're going to lose we're going to lose fighting and we're just going to keep on keep on going and just not have our heads down so I do. I think I, we're gonna get another win this Saturday uh, against the brisket. So I like the call. <laughs> the briskets. <laughs> the briskets, but uh, I can see us winning three zero, and I, I can see Frank getting another goal. Uh, Parado should have a big game. I, I, I think he's he's on that on that high. You know, being named Player of the Week. I mean, that's a big confidence booster. And I just see his game from the beginning of the season now. He's he's really grown as a player. And for a nineteen year old, that's that's a good sign. You know, and he's peaking at the right time and hopefully know he continues on, you know, to have good results on the field.
0: Again, I just I think he's grown so much this season. I mean, we knew his footwork was there, we knew his speed was there. It was just kind of not an intelligence factor, but so to speak, more of a vision, I guess, or intelligence factor uh, that, you know, you kind of wanted to see from him. And, uh, you know, as we said on those last two goals, just from this last match, those are perfect examples where in the past you could picture him kind of trying to take it down into the corner when he had that open look, you know, and, and losing the ball there, trying to force something over across, you know, and still, you know, there's going to be certain times where you just want him to uh, try and pull the trigger from inside the box and, when you try and take a guy on and it works, you know, you're always celebrated. When it doesn't work, you always should have shot it. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, a losing battle for him, I think, either way. But it, it is really good to see him not afraid to shoot. And uh, just kind of looking at the box score from the game against Torino. I mean, that was pretty much one of the stories of the night. The 21 shots on goal and 11 of them on target, you know, so over 50 percent is pretty good conversion rate for san antonio fc shooting especially with that number of chances so i feel like uh, that's one area that they definitely have seen a lot of success in well harry what about you buddy we got the briskets coming up we got copa tejas we were trying to uh find the current standings on that and uh, on their website we noticed that they were still old um i know austin lost this past weekend which kind of helped us in that regard uh, along with um Yep. Do you have uh, the updated standings there for the K- Co- Copa Tejas by chance?
2: Uh, Yeah, give me a second here. I can pull them up here. Okay, cool. Um, second. And then
0: again, too, um, while Harry's getting that, don't forget um, Friday, August 30th, 7 p.m., over there at the UTSA West Fields so will be the UTSA women's soccer's um, first regular season game there against uh, Texas State. So. Just a reminder for that as well.
2: Sorry, it's going to be a minute. But my thoughts on on the game here, <clears throat> it's always a wild card because you just don't know who's coming down uh, from Dynamo. From the Dynamo. I um, see Dynamo's coach just got fired today. Oh really? Yeah. Sorry. I've been out and about.
0: Yeah, that was something we were talking about that right before the show, so it'll be interesting to see if that has any impact on. Uh,
2: that'll be something that uh, I have to ask Edson about, right? Yeah, I'm going to be on his podcast. Yeah, I'm not finding him here real quick here. And that's okay.
0: We'll get an update for the Copa Tejas standings. I wasn't sure if you had something there in front of you. Uh, I know, you know, we've got a couple games ahead, so we should be able to get an updated look at that for you guys this week. But, yeah, uh, just tell us, Harry, what your uh, final thoughts are then uh, for the upcoming match here versus uh, RGV, and we'll get back to our regular schedule programming uh, next week and everything and and probably have another guest for you guys.
2: Yeah, so for me, the the final thought is, you know, like I said here, um, on Thursday, I believe there's a a supporters group, uh, Crocketeers, Mission City, um, are all getting together to kind of help uh, develop, um, the chance and stuff, uh, be more open, um, you know, to there. So if you can, you know, make the truck out, uh, like I said, here, I'll retweet it. And, and, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, Scott can retweet it on, on, our, on our, on our Twitter account. Um, but if you can go out and support, you know, like I said, here it is, you know, um, being semi part of a supporters group, cause I am a Crocoteer, but, you know, I set my own section. I don't, you know, go over and stand, you know, cause with AJ and stuff, um, but it is something that we all should. If we if we can get Toyota Field rocking again, um, we all know it's a little bit smaller nowadays, uh, attendance wise here. So uh, every voice matters. Uh, you know, except here 118 and the Crocketeers can't do it all. It's 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 got to be a a uh, you know a, a team uh, atmosphere uh, throughout the fans in the stadium.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so Thursday uh, night there at Toyota Field, uh, like you said, the champ practice. Uh, Dollar beers as well, they're going to open up alcohol sales and everything there inside Toyota Field. I know uh, Thomas had tweeted out that the parking lot might be a little bit crazy because I guess there's some kind of hearing as well going on for uh, some changes there to Morgan's Wonderland. Uh, So just be prepared for that. You may want to arrive a little bit early because parking may get limited um, from some other events Going on that same night, but uh, Rafa obviously excited for the home game to see you back out there mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, what are your thoughts or, or final thoughts for uh, this match?
1: Uh, I'm just looking forward for another win. I know I have family down in the valley. They like to talk smack about RGB. or are going to beat San Antonio, so it's payback time for what we have from the last game. You know, they they always won, and I remember last year we we took it to them. Last year we're going to do it again this year, and and look forward for the following week to get another payback game against New Mexico. But like I said, it's the Classico, South Texas Classico. I'm pumped up, ready to go. So hopefully, all the fans come out. You know, send those uh, RGB back with a loss. You know, just get the place rocking. That's what we need. Little, you know, you know our fans need to get rocking going. And our players will feed off of that, and you'll see. And like I said, you'll see the results
2: And I got one last thing here. Uh, there's going to be about 15 members of the Stampede, and, and probably a few other RGB RGV fans. So, like I said here, you know, outside, you know, the, the game, like I said here, uh, we'll welcome them and and you know, you know, share beers with them. But uh, during the game, it's on. Sound like Donkey Kong. We'll throw beers at him. No, I'm just kidding. Do
0: not throw beers at him. Do <laughs> not throw beers
2: at <laughs> 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 Susie, uh, we, we
1: did not be in. <laughs> Drink beers with It was with all them. Scott. <laughs> I experienced that at the Club America game at the Dynamo, so I saw too much, too much the cot was on my jerseys and stuff. <laughs>
0: Hey, that's not as bad as uh, when we were at the Bayern game. Uh, I told you some Real Madrid fans called my brother uh, Robin. Iron Robin because he's got the receding hairline. (laughs) (laughs) But this has been another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We'll see you guys out there on Saturday. Um, As they mentioned, let's get loud for the club. Let's get excited. Let's uh, motivate the guys on for another three points and, and hopefully another three goals. And we just keep this thing rolling for the rest of the season on into that home playoff spot. But we will see you guys again on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. As always, this is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.